This week, we're going to be continuing the chapter on racial identity development. And usually these podcasts have been equally useful if you're reading the book or not. But this week, it is more helpful if you read the book. So if you haven't read the book yet, I would encourage you to read the chapter that was sent out by email and then come back to this. So last week, if you remember, we talked about racial identity development in marginalized racial groups. And this week, we're going to talk about the same thing, racial identity development among white people. And as you read this chapter, you'll probably notice that the steps look relatively similar in some ways, albeit with one more step at the end. And like I said last week, the point here isn't to think about these as steps that everyone goes through at the same rate in exactly the same way. The point here is to help you think about your own experience and identify what resonates with your own story. The first step is called contact or conformity. And the idea here is the experience of not knowing about race or not having to think about race. So if you're a white kid, like Max is the example that Helsell uses, you might think that you don't really see yourself as white. You might think you're just American. Or to use the old cliche, you could say that you don't really see color at all. And one of the points Helsell makes here is that not seeing color or saying that we don't see color and not understanding race can actually prevent us from having conversations and relationships across racial lines. You might just think, well, race is complicated, and then not think about it at all. Just think about it like it's someone else's problem. The second step here is called disintegration or dissonance. And the idea here is what happens when you encounter ideas about race and experiences of racism for the first time. So if you read that chapter, you read Helsell's example of someone encountering the idea of white privilege for the first time, say when they're in high school. And the point here is that people's idea and perception of themselves is challenged. That's why the name of the phase is called dissonance. It's like there are two competing ideas going on. You may realize that you did something racist without meaning to, or it may just be realizing that other people perceive you differently than you perceive yourself. This stage is a good one to pause and think about for a second. Have you had an experience in your life that caused you to think about your own racial identity differently? And what feelings did that bring out in you? The third stage Helsell talks about is called reintegration or resistance. And this is about how you process that experience of discomfort. In Helsell's example, this kid named Max responds to this encounter of racism by feeling resentful. He feels personally attacked, and so he starts to write off the ideas he's hearing or look for ways to disqualify them. This stage is called reintegration because people come up with a new sense of their identity in their story that ignores or resists what they've learned about other people's experiences. We may feel some sense of guilt in this stage, and we may respond by turning that guilt back onto other people. The fourth step Helsall talks about is called pseudo-independence. And this stage may involve realizing the difference between other people's experiences of racism and our own experiences, and instead of being resentful, actually taking it seriously. So instead of responding by getting defensive or looking for ways to discount other people's experiences, it's about being 
more open to learning. And at this point, there's usually some sense of realizing our own racialized identity. If you think back to the first step, which was called contact, it was sort of what it's like to live and not think of yourself as a racialized person. And in this stage, we're actually sort of realizing that we do have a race and we do have racialized bodies. And that learning, that realization brings us to the fifth step, which Halsell calls immersion. And Halsell drops a lot of names and names of books here. But the idea is basically that making an intentional effort to learn more about other people's experiences. So if you think back to the dissonance stage, instead of resisting other people's experiences or trying to find ways to discredit them, it's about taking them seriously and maybe even intentionally seeking out different people's stories that are not like our own. And at this stage, we may connect our own racial identity to try to raise awareness and bring about needed change in our community. It could mean realizing that we have some responsibility that we didn't think about before for making our community a more equitable place. So the feeling here, thinking back to feelings, might be that you feel empowered to make a difference in other people's lives. Or to be even more specific, it could be that you feel empowered to be an ally and help people be helped as they want to be helped. You let them set the agenda. The sixth and final step Halsell gets into is called autonomy. And at this stage, people are able to understand their racial identity as white without anxiety or fear. And that allows them to appreciate the diversity of others. Diversity is no longer a threat, but it's something that we can embrace. And moreover, we learn to see ourselves as part of that diversity and not standing outside of it as a bystander. So those are the six steps that Halsell talks about to outline the steps of white racial identity development. And it's easy, like I said, to get tied down in the specifics here. But take a minute and think about your own story, your own life. Which steps feel the most resonant with you? Was there a step or a stage that you heard and thought, you know, I've had an experience like that? Or was there an emotion that you heard and felt like that connected with you? If you're white, do you feel resentful or accused when other people talk about their experiences of racism? Or did that stage of immersion connect with you? Do you feel like you're trying to learn more and keep an open mind? It's been interesting watching polling data shift on racism since the killing of George Floyd. There seems to be lots of people who are in that sort of immersion pseudo-independent stage, feeling outraged taking people's experiences seriously, and then feeling like they need to learn more. That's a good stage. It's a good emotion. It's a good state to identify. So the takeaway here isn't to memorize the six steps and try to see how many boxes you check in each one. The point is to think about your own story and what emotions and feelings have shaped the way that you think about race and racism. If you feel defensive or accused or resentful, it's important to be able to name that feeling. And if you feel empowered, like you're growing, then it's important to name that too. Remember, the point of this book, what Halsell talks about early on, is becoming responsible. And response, if you remember, means response able, able to respond. 
and we're able to respond to other people's experiences of racism better when we know what our own experience of our own racial identity is. Next week, we're going to be practicing hearing other people's stories, and it's important to keep that emotional language right up front. Thank you.